Judges chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves. Hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled, the heavens dropped, the clouds also dropped water, the mountains melted from before the Lord, even that Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways, notice this, they were unoccupied, and the travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose, that I arose a mother in Israel. Amen. I'd like to speak to you today by the help of God on this subject, when mothers rise. When mothers rise. Amen. Could we lift up our voice and ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Lord, I thank you for every person that is in this place. And I thank you for your special blessing that is upon this house. God, I thank you for the favor that we just sang about that you so generously and graciously bestow upon your people. I pray that it will cover us and saturate us to multiple generations descending from this day. I pray that the favor of God would be multiplied. Bless every mother in this house. Bless every soul in this house. And bless the preaching of your word to be anointed, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. In the name of the Lord, you may be seated. One of the great commandments of the Ten Commandments, in fact, it holds a distinction in the Word of God as the only commandment with promise. The Scripture says to honor your father and your mother. And all of the other commandments are so important. They're so important. Of course, we know what the greatest commandment is. The greatest commandment is that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we know that the second is like unto that great commandment, which is thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And that upon these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Meaning that if you can keep these commandments, then you will have covered all the commandments. And, and yet one of these commandments of the 10 that God gave to Moses in the holy mountain is a commandment that the Bible says is covered with and is surrounded by and comes with promise. And it is the only commandment that, that has with it the promise. And the promise is this, that if you honor your father and your mother, said that your days will be prolonged upon the earth. And how many know that if you will follow the advice, the guidance of father and mother, then you're going to be able to survive a lot of things. Amen. When mother and father say, look both ways before you cross that street. Uh, this is good advice, sound counsel, and many other examples of this wonderful truth that honoring your father and your mother will 
add to the prolonging of your days upon the earth. Of course, we understand that this is speaking of the ideal situation, unfortunately and sadly throughout time and in our present day. There are mothers and fathers who, I think it's safe to say, have not lived or acted honorably. And many times a person is confused by how to, how to keep this commandment uh, to honor their father and mother because sometimes they feel that it's difficult to honor someone that maybe they don't feel has, has lived the kind of a life that they can justifiably honor. But I will tell you that if you can still, even in those moments, find ways to show honor, you will incur the blessing of God upon your life. Amen. You can find the blessing of God upon your life. God will honor you for doing the right thing. And so it is that, that the reason God calls us to honor these two very special people is that they hold a, a very important uh, place in society and a, a role in, 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 in society. The role of father and mother. They represent Christ and his church. And the intimacy experienced between a husband and wife brings forth children in the same way that Christ's giving of himself in love and the, the, the church's submission to him in, in humble acceptance of his love. There is an intimacy there that produces fruit and we are the product of that great relationship between Christ and his church. Tree of Life Church, this is why we must also always remain in covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. This is why we must always seek to have these moments where we gather together and we worship the Lord and we praise his holy name and we share his holy word because this is that relationship. It's communion with God and, and father and mother represent that. And so when, when a, in an ideal situation and the way God plans it to be, a father and mother will will truly reflect the glory of God in a unique way. And we can talk about fathers, and we will in just a few weeks, and talk about the importance that a father plays and the role that he has and the need for him to be that strong pillar and to demonstrate the strength of Christ's love and devotion and the strength of character and integrity. And, and the mother, too, has that responsibility. And she is noted in Proverbs chapter 31 as the virtuous woman. If you've ever read Proverbs chapter 31, you can see the many qualities that are attached to this woman that the Bible refers to as a woman of virtue. You can also be very intimidated by the qualities attached to this virtuous woman because she seems to have it all worked out and all things seem to be perfected and all things seem to be ideal. Uh, I will tell you that this is, of course, an Old Testament reference to the virtuous woman, but it is also referring to the church that God gave himself for and covered with his blood, washed in his blood and filled with his spirit. And we are empowered to live the kind of a life that the Bible prescribes for us. Deborah, in this passage of Scripture, uses a term for the first time in the Bible. She uses the term a mother in Israel. And this statement has entered the lexicon of the church through the years when we're referring to a godly 
faithful, seasoned, saint, saintly woman of God, we many times will say she is a mother in Israel. We're referring to the fact that she has nurturing qualities. We're referring to the fact that she has a strength that has been demonstrated over time and that she is a reliable example of what a woman of God is to be. And people can feel safe in talking to her, knowing that there will be sound wisdom and judgment to be, to be brought to bear. And Deborah uses this term for the first time, and she does so at a critical time in Israel's history. Israel had, throughout the book of Judges, been in a state of fluctuating back and forth from being holy to being unholy, from serving God to serving other gods. And it depended on where they were. If there was a deliverer that had arisen, then Israel would get behind that deliverer, stand strong for the season of their life. But notoriously, infamously, and sadly, when that deliverer would die, or that deliverer would pass off the scene, Israel would begin a slow backsliding into their uh, place of idolatry, their place of spiritual adultery, and things of that nature. So that's where Deborah finds the children of Israel. They have now been, the Bible says, oppressed. The Bible says, mightily oppressed by the king of Canaan, Jabin, the king of Canaan, and it has been for 20 years. For 20 years, the children of Israel have been mightily oppressed. Oppressed is a bad enough word. There are people here today who feel oppressed. You feel oppressed by the circumstances that you're facing. You feel oppressed by things that are out of your control. You feel oppressed by certain situations of life that have presented themselves to you and that you are facing. Sometimes there are secret oppressions that you're dealing with and you try to, you try to put on a, a smile so nobody will know about it. But God knows about it. And Israel was oppressed, but they weren't just oppressed. They were mightily oppressed. This means that it was tyrannical. This means that it was despotic, that it was fierce. It was a mighty oppression that had come upon Israel. In other words, it wasn't just oppression. It was backed by military force. And this is the place wherein they lived. And that is no place where the people of God should find themselves. We are not meant to be a people that are in a state of sadness and depression. We are meant to be a victorious people in Christ. We are meant to be a people of joy. Hallelujah. We ought to be the people who have a smile on our face, not because we're having to force it, but because our mind is dwelling upon the good things of God. And regardless of what comes our way, we are balanced by the fact that God is good and I shall not fear what man will do unto me. But alas, I know I'm preaching to people today, many of whom are facing the mighty oppression of the enemy. And the mighty oppression of this enemy had become so severe that the Bible says that the villagers had ceased to come out into the village. The homes were shut up and shut down and the highways were not being used. People were walking through the byways. They were afraid to walk in the highways. They were hiding out 
They were scared of society. They were fearful of one another. It was a mighty oppression. There was a gloom and a sadness, a, a pall, P-A-L-L, a pall that had that had kind of settled upon the place. This is a gloomy sadness. That's where we get our term Paul bearers. And there's a, there's a Paul that just kind of sits out on, on the society that Deborah finds herself in, in the generation where she was living. Listen, I don't know why we were born when we were born. I don't know why God designed us to be here when he designed us to be here, but he did. He put us here and he put us here on purpose and he put us here to be a light in this dark world. He put us here to be the salt of this earth. He put us here to be a bright light in a world that is challenged on every front. And I want to encourage somebody today that you are part of the solution. You are not part of the problem. Hallelujah. If you've got something in your life that you need to step away from and repent from, step away from it and repent from it. Give it over to God. Turn it over into his hand. But God has poured out his Holy Spirit upon you. And you're in a place today that believes and practices the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We declare the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You have power today to live above the challenges that this world is facing. And Deborah was facing this situation in such a way, the Bible says as we begin our reading of this text, she started to sing. Oh, I would to God that everyone in this house would know the power of your song. There was something special just moments ago that was happening when all the people in this room banded together to say with loud voice in one mind and in one accord, hallelujah. There was something that reverberated across this place. It's the song of the redeemed. It's the song of the people who can say, God has been good to me. And I want to say to you today, don't ever stop singing that song. Don't let the pressures of this world prevent you from singing that song. Don't let the imprisonment such as Paul and Silas faced prevent you from singing that song. They demonstrated that regardless of what you face, sing a new song unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto him. Deborah sang, and she sang, hear kings, hear, O ye kings. I love the way she calls people to who they are. Hear, O ye kings. Hear all you that are princes. Listen to what I'm telling you. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. I'm tired of princes walking around as paupers. I'm tired of kings walking around as though they are slaves. I'm tired of people having their heads hang low in heaviness when they ought to understand that they are God's children, that they are God's people. Our job as the church is to reverse every lie that the enemy has ever told you. Our job is to preach the gospel to every creature. I pray in the name of the Lord that what I fail to say, the Spirit of God will make it ring loud in your ears. What I cannot articulate, what my feeble mind cannot process, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will take the Word of God and put it upon the wings of His presence and let it get down, down so deep inside of your heart that you'll walk out of this place knowing 
I am a victor, not a victim. I am not just a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. I stand upright and I have confidence in the Lord. He shall go before me and give me power to tread upon every serpent that may be in my path. Hear, kings, give ear, O princes. I will sing unto the Lord and sing praise unto God. She begins to describe that when the Lord went forth, the mountains melted. When the Lord went forth, there were all the heavens began to drop and the clouds began to empty themselves of water and Sinai even had to melt before the Lord. And, and she said, this is what happens when the Lord goes forth. But she said, I'm in the days where the villages are, are depressed. I'm living in the days where the highways are unoccupied. I'm living in the days where people walk through the byways. They don't even come out into the streets. Fellowship is gone. Singing is gone. People are letting their heads hang low. And she said, these are the days in which I have lived. But I'll tell you when it changed. It changed when I arose. I, Deborah, arose. Hallelujah. I want you to, part, I want you to just ponder that for a moment. Deborah said, when I arose, hallelujah, don't wait for a political party to rise. Don't wait for a politician to rise. Don't wait for legislation to rise. Don't wait for the, for the nation to get it all together. Deborah said, when I arose, hallelujah, not as a warrior, not as a, not as a governor, not as a fighter. She said, when I arose as a mother in Israel, something started to shift in the world around me. Something started to move. The ground began to shake under my feet. And I rebuke that lie of the enemy that has told you that you are powerless to do anything about the state of our world or your world. You are not powerless. You have it at your fingertips. If you will merely rise into the call that God has uniquely placed upon you. Hallelujah. In the most, in the most regular of daily activities, in the most common of relationships, if you just step into the anointed calling of mother, hallelujah, and men, I'll say to you as father, but I'm talking to the mothers today, step into that role as a mother in Israel. There's going to be a joy come. There's going to be a peace to emanate. There's going to be a hope to revive. There's going to be a faith to be generated just from that simple act of understanding the power of your role. There's a reason why the devil wants to erase this word from our vocabulary in 2023. There's a reason why he wants to, to get rid of the word mother and call it parenting person. Yeah, 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 that, there's a reason why. It's not, it's not just, it's not, it, it don't, and don't listen, don't fall into that kind of a trap. This is, a, this is a word coined by God himself. This is a word that God, because mothers represent something, only mothers can represent. 
and God wants to elevate that position. He doesn't want to cancel that position. He wants to elevate it into the anointed calling that it is. Hallelujah. And I want you to understand that, that this was the title she used. She could have used the title prophetess because she was a prophetess. But she didn't say when I arose as a prophetess. She could have used the word judge because she was a judge. But she didn't use the word judge. You want to know why she didn't use the word prophetess or judge? Because mother is a more noble title than either of the other. Yes, she was a prophetess, and yes, she was a judge, but that wasn't the most important thing she was, and that wasn't the most powerful thing that she was, and that's not where she had the most influence. Where she had the most influence and power was in her anointed role as mother. And she said, when I arose as a mother in Israel, something, a, a, a sunlight came through that cloud. A sunlight began to shine upon this, this world that had been filled with gloom and sadness. And she said, things began to shift and things began to shake. And I, I want you to know what, what happened. All, all of the things that needed to come together began to come together. Israel began to align themselves for the battle at hand. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to know that as mother, she was, of course, a prophetess and a judge. How many know that mothers fill a number of roles? They've had to be anything and everything. They've, they've filled every occupation that you can imagine. And from medical doctor to, to pastry chef to to, I mean, judge and, and, and jury and sometimes executioner. I mean, they've had to be absolutely, absolutely everything. And, and, and so we, we see that. But, but these two particular roles that Deborah had, she was a prophetess, she was a judge. And I, I want to take a moment and tell you, mothers today, that you, are, you have an anointing to prophesy. And you do it more than you realize it. You may not even know it, but I want to tell you that every word comes out of your mouth is a prophetic utterance. So don't just be careful about what you say, but use that thing. Use that weapon as an utterance of intentionality. And understand that when I speak, things begin to happen. I can tell you that, that when you speak, things begin to happen. One of the most powerful things you can respond to is the question, where should we go eat? Man, if you, whatever, whatever you say, it shall be done. It shall be done. I, so so don't, don't, don't even, don't even worry. You need to pray about it before the, the, the man asks the question, where should we eat? And don't, don't, find, don't let the devil trap you into saying, I don't care wherever you want to go. Because you've got power. You've got power. You just say it and it shall be so. There's a prophetic power in the voice of a mother. I remember uh, listening to uh, Danny Warfel, uh, who was the Heisman Trophy winner uh, at, from Florida uh, State years ago from the University of Florida, and he, uh, he was interviewed and asked the question. They said, what do you do when, when you're up against the clock and, and you've got a very slim amount of time to, to win the game and, and it looks like you're down and you're trying to make, make it work. And, and you've done it on a number of occasions where you have just willed your team to victory. He's, they said, what, what is the process that happens in your mind? He said, you know what happens in my mind? He said, there's a voice in my mind that says, you can do this. 
You can make it. You're a champion. You're a winner. You're going to win. You're going to succeed. You're a success in life. And he said, and man, I just, I don't know where, know where it comes from. It just, it just exists in my mind. And it's like present with me. And I believe it and I do it. And we, we've won several times just by my sheer willpower to win us a game. And, and that was that. That was the interview. And, and, uh, and then he had a baby, he and his wife. And his mother came to help with uh, the, the first few weeks of the baby's arrival, those difficult weeks where the mother's tired and the baby is, is uh, uh, with a lot of need. And, and so the mother came, his mother. And one night the baby was crying and he heard the cry and he jumped out of bed to go tend to the baby. And as he came down the hallway to help with the baby, he, he got there and heard a voice. It was his mother. And she was already in the room and he heard her saying, you're a winner. You're a champion. You're a success in life. You're gonna make it. You're gonna be all right. You can do anything you set your mind to do. And he realized, oh my word, that's the voice. That's where the voice came from. Mothers, I want you to know that what you say, it sticks and it resonates. You are a prophetic voice in the life of your children. And you're a prophetic voice in the life of your family. And if I can, by the help of God, just take the hands of God's word and put them around your mind and just shift your paradigm a little bit. This is why the enemy wants you to maybe complain when things get difficult. Or maybe wants you to murmur or maybe... Want you to dispute about things. Don't let him trick you into just saying whatever comes to your mind. Be deliberate about it and understand as I speak, things begin to form around me. I will choose to speak life. I will choose to speak hope. I will choose to speak faith and power. Hallelujah. I, I refuse to let the enemy get a hold of my tongue and begin to set the course of my children's destiny in, in the wrong way. I'm going to tell them you are anointed of God. You are called of God. You are chosen of God. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes you have a hard time doing it because when they're acting like something that doesn't seem anointed... It's okay to tell them, hey, that's not who you are. All right, all right. Don't tell them that's who they are. Tell them that's not who you are. You're not walking right now in the ways of God. But this is who you are. You're a man of God. You're a woman of virtue. You're a child of the Most High God. You have power with God. Hallelujah. My great-grandma Lovinger. My sister and I, our, our great-grandma Lovinger, she was a precious saint of God for many, many years. And I, I got to know her for the first 14 years of my life. And, and she was so sweet. She loved me so much. I, if nobody else loved me, great-grandma Lovinger loved me. And, and I knew that. And I'd go run up and give her a hug. And she'd always pull me in real close. And she'd pat my face and say, God love him, God love him. Man, I, nothing could hurt me when Grandma Lovinger was, God bless him, God love him. And then she'd say, then she'd grab my face and say, Joel, many are called and few are chosen, but you are chosen. She told me that every time I saw her. I don't even know if I was chosen or not, but after Grandma Lovinger said it so much, 
I started believing it. I started trying to live up to it. I started saying, well, I can't do that because I'm chosen of God. I can't go there. I'm chosen of God. Let me tell you something. Open up your mouth, O oh mother in Israel, and sing the songs of Zion. Sing the power of God upon your family. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil get you to utter the words that we're going to have to get a divorce and this will never work. Yes, it will work. You say just the opposite of what the devil is trying to get you to say. He is a liar and he is the father of all liars. He wants you to utter that lie into your marriage. He wants you to utter that lie into your home. Brother and Sister Storms just this last Monday celebrated 69 years of marriage. You let the devil know we are going to make it. We're going to get through this trial. We're going to get through this season. God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you have a prophetic voice. And you're the voice of a judge. Yes, you are. It's going to fall to you to make judgment. It's going to fall to you to make determination. It's going to fall to you to make decision. And you're going to have to do so righteously. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just simply listen. Mothers are great listeners. Sometimes all your family needs is to blow off a little steam. Vent a little bit. And, and we should vent in prayer. That's where we should vent. But we should also have a safe place. That, that, that yes, prayer is the safest of all places. But, but, but we need to be the kind of a person that somebody can vent to. And they don't need to fear that one, it's going to be held against them. Two, that it's going to be talked about outside of what, what we're talking about. And, and they don't need to feel that they're going to be held to that for the rest of their lives when they're just simply trying to, to make their way through the feelings they have. And so Deborah's a judge. And mother, you're a judge. And you're a prophetess. You have the ability to utter speech. And when you get this in alignment and say, I'm going to speak the word of God. God. I'm not going to speak the word of my feelings. Do not make an idol of your feelings. Be very uh, suspicious of your feelings. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And we have wounded people with our words because we have idolized our feelings to the point that we think if I feel it, it must be true. And then the opposite is, is actually the fact many times it's if I feel it, some must be wrong. Right, right. I better get to the word of God and let the word of God teach me and instruct me. I'd better pray. And whatever feeling I have when I come out of prayer and talking to God, I can trust that feeling. But I cannot trust the feeling of my heart. And every love song you've ever heard has told you to follow your heart, go with your heart, listen to your heart. And I'm telling you just the opposite. Don't listen to your heart. Listen to the heart of God. And when you listen to the heart of God, you're going to step back into that circumstance. And you may do exactly what you thought you'd do when you first started praying. But at least you'll know it's purified of every fleshly disadvantage and every lie that the enemy would try to bring against your life. 
When you begin to speak the word of life, and when you begin to have your judgment aligned with the things of God, oh Deborah, you are in a position to be a mother in Israel. And then there are things that begin to take shape. The Bible says that, that as she became a mother in Israel, the Bible says in verse number 12, awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake. It is very rare that the word of God will use a, the same word four times. And in five words, it used the word awake four of those five words. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake. Utter a song. Hallelujah. I want to speak to someone today and tell you, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up and utter a song. Speak the word of life. When she woke up out of her, out of her delirium, when she woke up out of the gloom and the sadness that had surrounded her life and she stepped into understanding her role as a prophetic speaker and a judge of righteous things she began to speak into Israel do you know she had authority to tell Barak how to go forward with the armies of God she said I want you to gather all of the armies of God and one tribe after another began to assemble themselves. Unity started happening when Deborah woke up. Unity started to come into play when Deborah became a mother in Israel. All of the tribes of Israel from Reuben and Gad and Naphtali and Zebulon. Naphtali and Zebulon, the Bible says they jeoparded their lives unto death when they came into this accord and this unity. Where did it come from? It came from Deborah waking up. It came from Deborah realizing the power that she had as a prophetic speaker and as a judge. And what do we call it? We call it a mother in Israel. Not only did the tribes come together, but the Bible says that the stars in their course began to fight for Israel. When you step into that role and you step into that anointed calling, the stars in their course will begin to fight for you. Things will begin to fall into place. Even when the enemy raises itself against you, things will begin to come together in such a way that you will not have even manipulated it or maneuvered it or managed it, but God will be going before you. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. No, he never stops working. He'll make a way when there seems to be no way. I want to tell a mother today, he'll make a way for your lost child to return home. You'll try everything you know to try and it will feel fruitless and it will feel like there's no effect upon your family. But you just hold on and never let go. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. Hold on and never let go. I'm going to say it one more time. Hold on and never let go because the stars in their course will fight for you. God will do the unseeable and God will do the inaudible. God will fight the battle.
battle that you cannot fight on your own. All you've got to do is keep being a mother in Israel. Keep prophesying. Keep judging. And yes, keep doing motherly things. Put your feminine touch upon that household. Let things be warm and gracious and hospitable to your family. Let there be a, an emanation of God's grace in your home so that when everybody comes home, including yourself, you come home from a busy day. Everybody walks in from a busy day. They need to be able to walk into the presence of the Lord when they come home. Home is not a place that should be full of chaos and contention and shame and guilt. No, home should be a place that is dedicated to the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the church house, but don't let it be different at your house. Don't take a two-hour break on Sunday to go worship. It ought to be a regular part of what you do every day. Let your home be a place that's filled with joy and praise and laughter and goodness. Where people know they are safe and they are supported and God is the center of it all. I'm going to tell you, Reuben will come up and Issachar will come together and, and Zebulun and Naphtali will come together and Asher and Gad and all of the tribes of Israel. They came together to fight the mighty oppression of the enemy because she arose as a mother in Israel and they, they threw down that oppression of the enemy. Now, when Deborah was giving Barak his orders and instructions, she was giving him his instructions and she said, but I want you to know that at the end of the day, Sisera, who was the captain of Jabin, the king of Canaan's host, she said, and Sisera was like, he was the villain of this whole passage. Sisera was the tormentor. He was the tyrant. He was the executor of Jabin's uh, dreadful, dreadful violence. And so he was the, the, pro, the, the antagonist of, this, of it all. And she said to Barak, she said, you're going to go against Sisera's army, but you hear me. God is going to deliver him into the hand of a woman. And it's going to be a woman to bring down Sisera. And, and Barak's probably walking away saying Sisera is like a, he's like a, a samurai, ninja, green beret. I mean, he's, how in the world is, is he going to fall into the hands of a woman? And, and this is the way God works. You hear me? Mothers, you have more power than you realize you have. I'm going to tell you some of the most terrible enemies that exist in our society. They're going to be cut off by what you do at home. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait till, till, till things happen outside the home. You start at home, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to cut some things off at the house. You're going to kill some things at the house. You're going to rectify some things at the house. Hallelujah, that's where prayer needs to be had. That's where worship needs to be taking place inside the home. That's where sound counsel needs to be taking place. That's where righteous judgment needs to be understood is inside the home. So all of these warriors who were strategizing and scheming, trying to bring down Sisera, Deborah said, none of those strategies are gonna work, but what happens in that house is gonna bring him down. And I'm going to tell you, they can develop whatever program they want to develop, and it's not going to solve society's problems. 
They can develop whatever kind of a political approach they want to develop, and it's not going to solve society's problems. You cannot ignore the home and accept, expect society to be okay. We need, we need mothers and fathers who live honorably and anointed of God, who are prophesying, who are judging righteously. And I'm going to tell you, if it starts at home, it will impact all of society. Hallelujah, the villagers will come out of their homes. The highways will be filled with laughter and joy and goodness and happiness. Hallelujah, when mothers rise and when fathers rise and when we begin to speak the way we're supposed to speak at home. Sisera, his whole army got decimated, but he was still alive. And he runs to the house of a lady named Jael and he happened to be friends with her and her husband. And he came into their home and said, hide me and cover me with the mantle. And they covered him up. She covered him up. He said, bring me water. I thirst. I'm going to tell you something. You can have as much victory as you want to have. But if the leader of that, that army is still alive, then the, they're just going to gather the army together. You've got to get to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is dealt with at home. And JL said, I'll bring you water. She brings him milk. Hallelujah, she brings him milk. It was the milk that did the job. The milk just lulled him off to sleep. And while he lay there asleep, now I know this is Mother's Day and this is a pretty day and we've got a beautiful backdrop and it's shimmery and shiny. And I know this is a day of pastels and flowers and beautiful things, but I'm gonna tell you a pretty gruesome story. That sweet little mother grabbed a, a, a nail from the tent. It was one of the nails that held the tent together. And I'm going to tell you, these stakes we drive into the ground, they're not just here to hold the tent in place. They're here to destroy the enemies of God. And while he lay there lulled off to sleep with a little warm glass of milk, she nailed his head to the ground. And the enemy of God's people was destroyed. The man who mightily oppressed them for 20 years was destroyed. I've got to tell you, mothers, I'm going to, maybe all, the only weapon you've got is a little glass of milk. Maybe the only weapon you think you have is, is just a, a warm meal. Maybe the only weapon you think you have is making, making your children comfortable. I'm going to tell you, make your children comfortable. Make home a pleasant place. Make it a place where they can thrive and feel the support of their family and then you take a nail and you drive it into the head of the enemy that's coming against your family. I'm going to tell you when you build a house of love and you build a house of harmony you're driving a nail into the head of the enemy of your family. Yes you do. You drive a nail into the head of the enemy of your family and that enemy doesn't have power to regather an army. Hallelujah. The Bible tells a story, and I'm, I'm hastening to a close, but our musicians can come, but the Bible tells a story of a man by the name of Sheba, and Sheba had, had developed a, a coup against King David. And, and King David told his mighty men, he said, Sheba is going to be worse to deal with than Absalom. Absalom was bad. Absalom would meet people at the gate, and he would... He would just deceived them and, and provide inferences against David and slowly was turning the heart of the people to himself and against David and that was a bad, bad enemy that they had. But David said Sheba's going to be ten times worse than Absalom. 
And they took off after Sheba. The greatest warriors in the Bible fought against Sheba. Joab was one bad character. Joab, Joab would, 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 would be able to track down anybody. He was, he was an elite warrior. Couldn't get Sheba. His brother Abishai was an elite warrior skilled with the sword. One of David's mighty men couldn't get Sheba. Sheba ran to a town, a city, a fortified city called Abel. And when he got there, he thought he would be safe. He thought he would be sound. He thought he would be all right. And here came Joab with his army. And he was gonna, he was gonna bring the whole city down. And a little woman walked out. Said, are you Joab? He said, I am, ma'am. And this little mother, she's a mother in Israel, the Bible said. She said, this is a peaceable town. This is a place where people come to find shelter and safety. And she said, this is a place where they, there's a little proverb about this town. That if you have a problem, you come to this town and it'll get sorted out. And so what are you going to do, burn this whole place down? He said, no, ma'am, I'm not trying to burn a whole place down, but you've got somebody wicked hanging out inside that town. And she said, we do? And he said, yeah. She said, what's his name? He said, Sheba. She said, I'll be right back. <laughs> she walked into that town. They're waiting for her on the outside. They're just waiting for her on the outside, waiting for everything to, 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 to work out, waiting for the next part of the negotiation. Maybe they'll deliver Sheba to them. Now, I know this is a beautiful Mother's Day. I know this is a day of pastels and pretty things. I know this is a day of birdies and butterflies and, and babies and mothers and sweet, sweet things. And, but I'm gonna tell you a little gruesome story. <laughs> Sheba's head came flying over the wall. They're out in the outfield trying to catch the... <sighs> because I'm going to tell you something. What happens in that home is so lethal to the enemy. It's more lethal than what Joab can do. A sweet mother in Israel can do more than what the mighty warrior Joab can do. Those little songs you're singing to that sweet baby, keep singing those songs. Bringing them to the house of God, bringing them to the church and letting them be a part of children's ministries and Tree of Life Church. This must always, always, always be a safe house for our children. And you hear me, you hear me. You had better be a safe person. You had better be a safe person because this is a place of peace and this is a place of counsel and this is a place where people can come and they can find healing for their heart. But I'm gonna tell you, we don't play games with Sheba. Hallelujah, this is a place of healing and hope. But if something wicked walks into this house, we're not gonna deal with wickedness. We're gonna call it to repentance. We repent from sin. That's what we do with wickedness. If you're struggling, that's one thing. You can struggle here. You can struggle here. But you make sure you're fighting it. You make sure you're struggling against it. We don't harbor this wickedness in this house. Hallelujah, we rise as a mother in Israel. We rise as a mother in Israel. And we're gonna minister to the hurting and minister to the afflicted. But when it comes time to put a nail in the enemy's head, 
We'll put a nail in the enemy's head. I speak figuratively and spiritually, you understand. When it's time to, when it's time to take care of the enemies of God, those principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places, we'll do it in Jesus' name. This is what happens when mothers rise. The church comes together. Hallelujah, the home comes together when mothers rise. Hallelujah, I want some mothers in this house to know you're not alone. You're not alone in your struggle. You're not alone. Hallelujah. God is with you. You've got the backing of his word. Hallelujah. And, and, and you know what? I want to tell you something. What you do at home has, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Can I just tell you? What you do at home has more power and influence than what I do in this pulpit. And as you can see, this is a big part of what we do here. But if what I'm doing here is in conflict with what you're doing there, you're never going to get the power of his word. Prepare your children to receive his word. Prepare your children to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be faithful unto him and bless his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel his presence in this house. Hallelujah. I thank God for my family. Brother Enos, I thank God for my family. That song we sang a moment ago, Sister Caitlin, I love that song. May his favor be upon you to a thousand generations. You know why I love that song so much? Because I, I feel like I've lived that song. There are times that, there are times where I will feel the favor and blessing of God and I'll know it has nothing to do with me. And it has everything to do with decisions and consecrations that a, a, a little man from Persia made 100 years ago. And I'm, I'm the beneficiary of what he did 100 years ago. And if I walk in that path, I'll, I'll, I'll walk in that favor. I know it to be true. And, but but it's, not just the, it's not just the men of my family that paid the price and made the sacrifice. But there were some women of God who without them, we just don't have the family we have who sang the songs of Zion, who taught the word of God, and yes, who cooked meals, and yes, who comforted and nurtured, and yes, who provided a warm environment, and yes, who, who listened and listened and listened without uttering a word, and then when the word came forth, it was full of wisdom and sound counsel. Mothers, you're so powerful. And I pray in the Holy Ghost you'll feel the confidence to rise up in your home, rise up in your family, in conjunction with the leadership of your husband, and be that role model that God has ordained you to be. It's powerful. It removes the head of the adversary. It puts a nail in the head of the enemy of your family when mothers rise. I wonder if we could lift our hands to heaven right now and say, God... I want to be who you called me to be. Don't you let this world tell you that mothers don't matter. Don't you let this world tell you that day-to-day -day activities and day-to-day -day responsibilities are mundane and unimportant. That's a lie from the devil. Don't listen to him. He, he, he lies. All he can do is lie. There's no truth in him at all. I want you to know that every work you do and every word you say and every decision you make, it has power. It has power. 
hallelujah, to bless your family and bless your children. Hallelujah. Tell them today. Tell them today. You're chosen of God. You're called of God. You're anointed of God. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I need some prophets and prophetesses to stand to their feet. Anybody that's got the Holy Ghost, anybody that understands God has put it in my heart and my mouth to speak his word. If you've got his word in your mouth, I want you to stand to your feet, lift your hands and say, God sanctified my speech. Sanctify my speech. Bless my hands. Bless my hands. Bless my hands. to do today because this is a day of beautiful things this is a day of pastels and butterflies I want us to ask God every one of us I want us to ask God to reveal to us the power of our daily disciplines and habits to anoint us to be devoted and dedicated to what seem like small and mundane things anoint me. I want some people who maybe you cook on a regular basis. Lord, anoint me to cook in the name of Jesus. Maybe maybe you, maybe you, in your daily work, maybe you work on cars, maybe you sell cars, maybe you, whatever it is that you do on a daily basis. Maybe you work with numbers. Maybe you're working with people. You're in customer service. Whatever it is you want to do on a daily basis, we've got to understand that being a part of the church is not separate from what we do on a daily basis. That what we do on a daily basis has everything to do with our walk with God. Oh, God. I want you to know mothers. I want some mothers to come. I want some fathers to come. I want some single ladies and single men. I want some young people to come. I want some people to come right now and say, Lord, help me see the anointing that resides in my daily habits and in my daily activities. Anoint my hands to work on a daily basis. Anoint my words to speak life everywhere that I am. Help me see the power of what I do.
children and their children His faithfulness be upon you and a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children and His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and their children and their children and their children in His favor be upon Thank you.